Welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. I'm Connor Rogers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Trey. Hey, Connor. How are you today? I'm doing well, Trey. How are you? I'm doing well. Welcome to season two. Season two. We're excited. So um, today we're, we're talking about, uh, or we're, we're starting off a two-part series. What a way to start season two than with a two-part series um, on classroom management. Yes. But before we get into the classroom management, we have kind of a new format for the episodes. And so we'll kind of talk about what our new format's going to look like, and then we'll jump into the classroom management stuff. Great. That sounds awesome. So we are going to, um, we're going to start off uh, just kind of doing what we're doing now, previewing the episode, um, telling you a little about what you're going to hear, uh, and then uh, we will be interviewing our guests separately. Uh, that way, if something happens and one of us can't make it, we can still get the interview. We want to make sure that we're not uh, taking up too much of these teachers' time. They have very important jobs to do, so we want to be able to schedule everything tightly. Uh, so that allows us to get the interviews done, but still kind of do a, a, pre, uh, a pre-intro of the episode and then kind of do a wrap-up at the end. Right. So it's going to kind of be bookended. You'll, it's just Mr. Trey and I at the beginning, guests and hosts in the middle, and Mr. Trey and I at the end. reason we're doing that... Apparently, people like the two of us talking. It's weird. It's <laughs> just, weird. Yeah. I was not prepared for that. I thought my initial thought was like, let's get to the guests and the smart people <laughs> yeah. first and hear what they have to say. And um, But apparently, I guess people like us just joking around and being a little bit goofy. So yeah. I was a little bit reluctant to this new format at first. And pretty much like most of the ideas on this podcast, Mr. Trey told me something and I'm like, I don't know. And then he kind of convinced me and it turns out he's right. So this is gonna be our new format until we hear otherwise from our listeners. Well, I'm excited because we're going to get to just kind of, uh, yammer on and on to each other for a little bit. And so now we're just, I know we're going to become best friends. That's what's going to happen. I can just feel (laughs) it already. You want to go do karate in the garage? I definitely do. I definitely do. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Going back into, so now that we've explained the new format, let's kind of intro classroom management. Um, and I would like to start off a with a, it's a longer chunk from this book called The First Days of School by Harry Wong. And maybe we could link to that book description. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I know this book is available in most places in the district. Like I have three copies in my office. So if, if teachers want this book, they can... They can let me know. So here's, this is from the chapter on how to have a well-managed classroom. The fact that you know how to cook a steak does not make you a successful restaurateur. For that, you need to know about accounting procedures, federal, state, and local regulations, sanitation laws, union agreements, and worker and customer relationships. How to cook a steak is the last thing you need to know. The first thing you need to know is how to manage the restaurant. The fact that you have a college degree in English does not make you a teacher, much less an English teacher. You need to know about learning time, formative and summative testing, discipline plans, procedures and routines, learning styles, motivation theory, learning disabilities, grouping, credibility, and a whole host of other things. That's really great. I really like that. And and as someone who's managed restaurants and someone who has taught, it applies perfectly (laughs) to both of us, right? It sums up both of us. And I I think that's great because classroom management is all those things you don't think about in teaching. Like if you think of an English teacher, you're like, oh, they have to have read a lot of books and know mm-hmm. all the book stuff. Well, yes, but they also need to know how the pencils are sharpened and how papers get and passed out and how students line up. So sure. I think that's the perfect way to intro classroom management. So excellent. let's take it to our guests. Absolutely. 
so today we are joined by a couple of elementary teachers from our Ewing campus, uh, and I want to introduce them before we get started. Uh, so from the Ewing campus, as I said, Ms. Shelby Wilkinson, how are you today? Good, how are you? Doing very well, and you teach? Fourth grade, math, science, and social studies. Very good. And we also have Ms. Angela Romanski from the Ewing campus as well. How are you? Awesome, how are you? I'm doing very well, and you are third grade? Third grade, reading, writing, and social studies. Reading, writing, and social studies. Okay, well, we're gonna get started here in just a second. Before we do, I do want to address the elephant in the room, or more, maybe more to the point, not in the room. Um, I'm flying solo today. Connor, Connor Rogers is not here. He is on assignment. Um, he is, we got nominated and won a bunch of podcasting awards. So he went down to collect all of those. They asked me not to come for some reason. No, I think he's, he's on a trip somewhere. So Connor won't be joining us today, but we're going to power through without him because we wanted to make sure we got this, uh, got this out to everybody. So, um, we are going to start with a couple of questions about classroom management, which is our topic for today. Um, but before we get too deep in classroom management, I'd like to know what each of your definition of classroom management is. Ms. Wilkins? Um, when I think of classroom management, a lot of teachers kind of think of what are they going to do to make everything in the classroom look good, make everything organized and stuff. But for me, it's more of a, it's a teacher and a student kind of thing. Like classroom management, it's not just the teacher making the rules and organizing everything. It's really like a system with the kids, with the teacher. You really have to work together um, organizing, uh, making expectations, just doing all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a well-ordered machine. You know, you all work together to make everything work out for you. So a lot of process involved in that as well. Yes. Okay, Ms. Romanski? Um, I don't know how I feel about the term management because like Ms. Wilkinson says, it kind of implies that one person is in charge of 22 people. And I think classroom management is more like teaching the students to be parts of a functioning community. Hmm. So um, teaching good citizenship is really the majority of classroom management. Start them young. Yes. So let's start, we're, we're getting into the beginning of our school year. Uh, so let's talk the very beginning, the first two weeks. What specific things do you do in those first two weeks um, that will set up and ensure a successful rest of the year? I do a lot of explaining why. Because like when you're telling the kids the rules, it's important to explain why the rules are in place. Like why do we stand in line facing forward so that we don't bump into something? Why do we not talk while the teacher is talking? Because it, I think if they understand why, they're more likely to follow the rules for a longer period of time. Um, we do a lot of practicing. So if we line up and we start talking while we're in line, we'll sit back down and try it again. So there's a lot of um, a lot of our time goes into setting up expectations and procedures versus like actual instruction, because if you don't put those procedures in place first, you know it's kind of chaos when it gets time for actual instruction. Those two weeks, those first two weeks are the most important weeks of the school year because that sets the tone of what your expectations are. And if you start with low expectations, then you're going to end with low expectations. So those first two weeks, the first thing I always do is a classroom tour. Um, we go through the classroom and we go specifically by each little part and we explain the rules. We explain how it should look, what it should look like when you're there, what it should look like when you're finished. Um, some other things that we do is just like Mr. Romancy said, we practice. Um, it's a lot of reminders. It's a lot of repeating. It may seem tedious at first and you're like, I'm not getting anything done. We're not teaching anything. But like, like I said, those first two weeks, you're developing that foundation. Mm -hmm. you, they need to know your expectations and you need to set them high. Okay. So you, you've both said that the first two weeks is some of the most important time to establish these procedures and 
policies and rules and things in your classroom. So it's past the two weeks, and you can see that someone's starting to get a little squirrely, or one of the kids is starting to get out of line. So when the first kid crosses a line and does something that they're not supposed to do, based on what you guys have been going over for those first two weeks, how do you respond? I would just do what I plan to do for the rest of the school year mm -hmm. when anyone else does that, um, because that's the expectation. So you have to be do what you would what you plan to do for the rest of the year, mm -hmm. and then keep it consistent. So when the first kid steps out of line, whatever you choose to do in that moment, make sure you do that every time someone else does the exact same thing, because they will call you out and say, Mr. Mansky, you didn't but yell he, at so-and-so, yeah. and they did it. So it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you address it. You don't have to like be extra strict or mm -hmm. extra harsh on the first person to step out of line. Just be consistent from then on. Because you're setting a precedent yeah. that will follow. Okay, that makes sense. And I think that kind of like some teachers that do jump the gun and go straight to like, oh, discipline, you're losing your recess, or oh, straight to like mm -hmm. something very serious, and that student doesn't really have a relationship with you and they're just going to continue to misbehave because they already know, oh, if that's the first thing that's going to happen, then she's not going to give me a warning. Like she's not going to let me try again or anything like that. Then they, that relationship with your students already like gone. That kind of becomes a relationship, right? They yeah. Just, that becomes yeah. a relationship with them. And like classroom management, the first two weeks is important, but also in that two weeks, you need to be letting those children know that you're their teacher for that whole year. You care about them. You love them and building that relationship first before even thinking about school. There's a Rita Pearson quote who, if you've never heard her TED talk, highly recommend. I heard it prior to my first year teaching and this has just really stuck with me like throughout all of my years teaching. Um, she says, children don't learn from someone that they don't like. And those first two weeks, like that's when you're building their relationships, like Ms. Wilkinson said. Um, so there, yeah, there's no need to like embarrass someone the first time they step out of line. Mm -hmm. You know, they're kids, they make mistakes. Just keep building the relationship. I saw on Facebook um, one of those just like little quote things, that teacher things you see on mm -hmm. Facebook, and it said, my teacher from third grade didn't like me, and I still remember that. Wow. And yeah. that was like, that hit me hard. Like just saying it now gives me chills. Like just imagine being 30 years old and like remembering that your third grade teacher didn't like you. Mm -hmm. Like you have to build those relationships, and like that comes with the classroom management. You have to like set the expectations and be like, yes, we're going to have fun. I'm going to love you. You're going to be my student and we're going to have a great time, but you're also going to meet these expectations mm -hmm. of this classroom so that it can run appropriately. So along that line and, and maybe um, kind of bouncing off of that, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes teachers make in regards to classroom management, either first year teachers or new teachers, or maybe teachers that have kind of gotten stuck in a habit of, of, going down the wrong path when it comes to classroom management? I think my biggest thing is assuming that they already know. Okay. Um, like first year teachers come in and they just assume, oh, they already know, to, they're fourth graders. They already know how to walk in a line. They gotcha. already know how to take care of a technology table. They know how to work with these computers. You need to go in thinking that they're kindergartners and they don't know anything. They mm -hmm. don't know how to walk in a line. They don't know how to push their chairs in or anything like that. It's like a clean slate. And a lot of teachers don't think that. They just assume that they already know. Don't assume. They don't. They don't know anything. I love that you said that because my answer is don't assume um, or rather maybe don't underestimate them. Don't just assume that they, they can't have free choice or they can't do something fun. Like I had someone say to me the other day, oh, my class just can't handle that. My class just, my class just can't do that. They can. 
you have to trust them and put some faith in them. You know, you'd be surprised what children are capable of when you give them a chance to prove themselves. Um, when, <laughs> when it comes to mistakes, I've made a lot, so I have kind of a list here. Um, the number one thing, though, is definitely don't assume that they can't do something um, because they can. Um, don't be afraid to try new things. Um, if something isn't working and you feel like you've given it an appropriate amount of time, try something else. Reach out to people, ask for help, ask for help, ask, for, <laughs> ask anyone for help. There's so many ideas out there, there's so many articles, there's so many um, teachers with different experiences. Don't be afraid to reach out and you know, try whatever someone suggests. Um, also, it's important not to confuse classroom management and behavior management. They're two different things. Um, you wouldn't handle a student with a 504 or an IEP the same way that you would handle you know, anyone else. So it's important to distinguish. Really quickly, I'd sure. like that you're dis distinguishing between those, but I also, as the non-teacher, non-education person, I'm trying to be a voice for the people who may not know <laughs> what a 504 <laughs> or an IEP is. So can you explain those in a little bit more detail on how that may change your, your thoughts on those? Yeah, an IEP is an individual education plan. So some, some students have certain needs, especially when it comes to behavior or academics where um, they might have a behavior chart or a behavior plan that you have to follow because they don't respond to um, normal classroom management, behavior management tactics. Um, maybe like taking recess from that kid is a bad idea because hmm. for the rest of the day, they're not going to be able to stay in their chair. So you have to consider all of those things um, with classroom management, but also make sure your behavior management is separate from your classroom management. Behavior management is individualized and classroom management is for the greater good of the class. Very good. And 504? Kind of the same thing. Okay. It's just, um, it can be, a 504 can be temporary. Is that the difference? Yeah, I think a 504 can be temporary and it doesn't, I think IEPs have to be renewed like by the state, like by a certain amount of years, but um, 504s, I think it's different. Okay. My goal at the end of this is to have a glossary of, <laughs> of terms and abbreviations and acronyms. So can you send that to me? <laughs> so maybe we can create something for, for everyone, uh, not just the non-education type like myself. Okay, so um, we've kind of talked about the kids that cross the line and how to respond to that. But for kids who are really paying attention to these procedures, rules, policies, um, do you guys believe in reward systems? Do you use them? And how do those work? I use reward systems more for um, homework. And some people, some teachers have like a different um, outlook on homework for me. Just with the demographic of our students and just like where our kids come from, a lot of them don't have somebody at home mm -hmm. to do like their homework with them and like they really don't understand. So for me, I'm not griping on them every single day. Like, why didn't you do your homework last night? Where were you or something? Maybe they were working. Like a lot of our kids have jobs and they're only in elementary school just from just from the families that they're from. And so I'll give them points. I'll go give the, I use Dojo, so I'll give them Dojo points for doing their homework. Um, and then they can use those points to buy like coupons. So like they can have like a no homework pass or sit on Miss Wilkinson's chair for the day or switch seats with someone, um, have lunch with the teacher, have recess with the teacher, just like random stuff. Um, but behavior wise for fourth grade, I think it's kind of harder to like reward them because they've gotten to this age to where what they want is like 
a video game and like all these like <laughs> high tech things. They don't want a sticker. They don't want like a little toy or something like that. So it's really harder to motivate them more in the older grades, like giving them like those type of rewards. So I try to find things that are a little bit more specific to them. Like if they want to sit with their friend, that would be more specific than like a treasure box or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you tried stickers with glitter? Because those are a hit in third grade. They, these fourth graders, they act like they're just like in eighth grade and they just, they don't care about so a sticker. They don't care about so stickers. stickers. I love That's stickers. I'm 25 years old. I was wearing one. I took mine off in the car. I was wearing one today. I went to the dentist and he asked me if I wanted one and I said yes. <laughs> oh, I will say that I've, I've noticed that being in the classrooms as, as, you know, infrequently as I am that I've seen like students marked as like student of the day or, or like you said, get to sit in the teacher's chair, which you would think that sounds so silly or kind yeah. of not important but I've also seen it really like make their make their day they feel like That's the crazy. adult and yeah. they're like oh I get to sit here um something that our fourth grade team did last year is we did a bulletin board in the hallway and it was students of the month mm-hmm. and so we would all pick one person from our class and we would put their picture up on the board and like that was kind of like an incentive thing for them like, I want to be the student mm-hmm. of the month like I want to do that um so for older grades you really got to dig deep on what they actually like well like what are their interests like what what motivates them Uh, before I answer the question I want to talk about class dojo for a second okay I met some new teachers at a training yesterday and um the teacher I happened to be talking to had never heard of class dojo so we were having a conversation and I mentioned it and she said wait what's that and so if there are new teachers listening, you need to know Class Dojo, classdojo.com. I think it's on ClassLink. It is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for um, sure. It's on ClassLink. We have it. It's free. It's an amazing way to communicate with parents. Um, it's an amazing way to reward your kids. You can give each kid points in Dojo and then give them prizes according to how many points they have. Um, it's just an awesome classroom management tool. Highly recommend. Um, but as far as other reward systems, I don't know how I feel about like individual reward systems because I feel like you have to be careful. You shouldn't reward kids for meeting expectations. So, mm. you know, just because you're kind or you pick something up off the floor or you do your homework, sorry, Ms. Wilkinson, <laughs> um, like those things are expected. You know, those are the things you should be doing as a student in school. So, no, like I don't think you should get a reward for that. I kind of do more whole group reward systems because, like I said, I think of my classroom as a community. So, like, if a certain table of kids worked especially well together, they'll get a reward. I do um, Teach Great Motivates classroom bingo. I do it by table. Um, So each group has to fill their bingo board, and then they get a prize when their board is filled. And you can use reward rewards mm-hmm. as like not, it doesn't have to be just behavior like academic like oh mm-hmm. we read a million words like in the past two months like yeah. let's have an ice cream party like yeah. you can have like those class awards like oh here's our goal like can we meet this goal together we've been having a really hard time talking in the hallway like we're not doing what we're supposed to do as a class so this is our goal as a class yeah class goals are are great they're great I've done the bingo board as a class too. We decide on like a list, a short list of goals, and um, we work on them each day. And then uh, last year, we, our reward was uh, class camping. It was really cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you, so you said your reward kind of as a group. I remember when I was in elementary. Now this, I was never the cause of this, but tell me if this still happens. Where like one kid does something, and you're like, well, you just canceled recess for the whole class. Like, does that still happen? Does that work at all? It sounds awful. 
I would never choose that. That sounds awful. I think I use that as like a threat. I'm yeah. like, if you, like if you do this one more time, like the whole class is going to do it, but I would never follow through with it because there's just so many like good kids in the class yeah. that you don't want to punish. Like they've right. been, and a lot of them don't do anything all year. Like they are perfect. They do what they're supposed to do. They make good grades. Like they're polite. And it just, I don't see why teachers would want to like shame them just because their neighbor is not doing what they're supposed to do. Like going off of what she said earlier, you need to have a behavior plan for specific students. Like Mm -hmm. you don't need to just be shaming the whole class. If you have a student that's constantly interrupting you or constantly bugging you, like you need to decide what's going to work good for this one student, not what's going to work good for everybody. Yeah, that's a behavior management thing, not a classroom management thing. Okay. But they do go hand in hand. You have to have both. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, be careful with the that mic stand. No, you're right. What were you going to say? You do have to... You have to have classroom management and behavior management. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm I, all my class is really good, but then, like, I can't do, like, individualized plans. Or I can do individualized plans, but, like, the class, it's, it, it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about the, the next question about a reboot, um, you had a, another thought on Class Dojo? Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, what Miss Romancy said, new teachers that haven't like experienced Class Dojo before. On Class Dojo, you create a point system and there are some that are already created for you on there if you want to use them, like standing in line, not talking, stuff like that, but you can create your own. So if you have a specific student that's struggling with something like keeping their shirt tucked in, which is something at our school that they have to do because they wear uniforms, then that can be a specific thing on there. I've made mm-hmm. it before, minus two points for not having your shirt tucked in. And my first year, one of the mistakes I made was not keeping up with the points. I would make like a post-it and I'd be like, oh, this person, I owe you two points. Or this person, I owe you two points. I would never give them those points. Or I would never take away the points for the kids that were being bad. And so eventually we have, at our school, we have Mimeo smart boards. So Mm -hmm. we have like little pins and they can just tap it themselves. And I was like, you know what? Go give yourself a point for being kind. Go give yourself a point for cleaning up. But it worked even better for the students who were getting in trouble. Mm. Because you're like, you know what, you're not being kind right now, go take away some points. And they're, they're taking away their own points, so it's right. like, oh my gosh, I don't want to take away my points. Like, those are my points. You can also do it from your cell phone. Yes. Like, I've carried there's my an phone app. with me in the hall, and if someone's, like, not in line, I'll take two points off. It makes, like, a it makes a, a sad sound if you take points away, and a happy <laughs> sound if you, <laughs> yeah, if you add points. So we come back from a winter break. It's been two weeks off. And everybody's forgotten everything that they learned in the first half of the year. And you have to do a reboot on these a refresher course for these classroom management policies and procedures. How does that work? And uh, does it work? Uh, take it back to the first two weeks of school. I was about to say it's a replica yeah. of those mm-hmm. first two Just weeks. Just start over. Same thing that I said before. You know, sit down if you can. Stand in line quietly. Do it again. And if, and it, it'll go faster this time. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll... They'll get the hang of it quicker. They'll fall into their normal routine. But yeah, there's a transition period, just like there is at the beginning of the school year. Um, And it works until about the beginning of May, and then everything falls apart. (laughs) And then it's hard to do a reboot in May. Yeah. Yeah. Then you just kind of have to go day by day. (laughs) Let's just get through this together. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you come back from a break and you don't, like, re-say those like expectations and you don't like maybe do the classroom tour again like they've been gone for two weeks and your expectations in your classroom may not be the expectations that they have at their house sure and that's okay but you just need to give them like a friendly reminder they're just children yeah that's a really good point that it's it differs and they may even have to learn that day-to-day i 
don't remember what I had for dinner last night. So uh, two weeks is, is hard. Um, so this next question Connor left for me, or he, he kind of worked up all these questions for us today since he couldn't be here. Um, so I may have to have you explain what this means, if, there's a, if this is a term, or maybe it's just not. But should student choice play a role in classroom management? What does student choice mean to you, first of all? Uh, so I assume it means like choice centers, choice uh, flexible seating. Okay. Um, maybe choice of consequence. Hmm. Um, and Does that I, work? Uh, it depends. Okay. It depends. I think um, it's it plays a really big part in holding students accountable because if they have a hard time sitting with their friends or choosing where they sit and you take that choice from them when everyone else does get that choice, it's really effective. Um, it kind of motivates them to hold themselves accountable so that they get to be part of what everyone else is a part of. Um, but they are, you know, there's always going to be that one student that just, you give him too much freedom and he gets too excited and he has to sit at his desk while everyone else <laughs> is laying on the floor. Um, yeah. I truly yeah. believe in student choice. I'm a yeah. big believer in flexible seating. Um, I don't personally like to sit at a desk. I think it's very uncomfortable. So I don't see why a nine-year-old would want to sit at a desk all right. day. Like, if my students are working, they can sit on the carpet, they can sit on the bouncy ball, they can sit in my chair. Like, I don't care because I would rather them be comfortable and working effectively than sitting at their desk not working at all. Mm -hmm. But like Mr. Romansky said, you can only give student choice to the students that deserve it. Because student choice is more of a reward. Like if you've been doing what you're supposed to be doing, yeah, you can sit wherever you want. Mm -hmm. I give my students five minutes. If in that five minutes you're not working, guess what? You have to go back to your desk. And student choice should be number one thing in your classroom. You should not be talking the most in your classroom. You should not be having to clean up everything. You should not have to mm -hmm. just do everything yourself. It's a family. It's a well-ordered machine. At the end of the year, your students should be doing almost everything. I bet that makes it a lot easier, especially, yes. especially at the end of the year when everything's going <laughs> yeah. crazy. The middle of the year is my favorite, like right before Christmas because they already know all the rules and mm -hmm. they're like doing everything by themselves. And then they come back from Christmas and you're like, well, where'd my students go? Yeah, it's, it works out perfectly because it's like right when I get really tired, the kids seem to be able to run the classroom themselves. It's great. And that's the end, like, that's the end goal of classroom management. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to be the pilot the whole time. Like you want to have your pit crew. You want to have everybody like helping you out. And you're like she said in the very beginning, you're shaping them into be good citizens. Like we're not just teaching them science, social studies, math, English. We're teaching them how to be a good person. We're teaching them how to take care of themselves. We're teaching them healthy living and stuff like that. And that can also be well with classroom management. Yeah. Greetings are big for me. Um, you know, Miss Wilkinson, you've come into my classroom. And Trey, you've come into my classroom, both of you. Um, and every person that walks in my classroom, if we don't know their name, we just say good morning or good afternoon. If we do know the, their name, we greet them by name. Because when these kids see these people in the hallway, I want them to feel comfortable saying hello to them. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone that walks through the door um, is part of our community and I want them to want to come in and hang out with us and I want the students to be excited that they're there. I want them to be excited that they've joined us. Um, if someone says good morning to them, I want them to feel comfortable answering back. Um, I, I think that that's a huge part of 
classroom management in that it's part of teaching them to be good citizens. Because how often do you say good morning to a kid and they just keep walking, mm-hmm. you know? Or how often, I remember we talked about this last year where like a pre-Ker would come up to me and say, good morning, how are you? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're four. And you're like asking me how I am. I'm great. How are you? Like, I, it's, it's yeah. just exciting. It you're like, they're little good. people and you're yeah. like forming them into like these good like citizens. And it's just like, it, it, it you have to good. start with that. Yeah. And I've always told my kids, I was like, you may not leave here knowing all the math, but you're going to leave here a better person. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to say good morning to your principal when you see her in the hallway. <laughs> For sure, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Well, I will say, and this goes for you guys' campus, for pretty much every campus. And the teacher, we had another teacher schedule who couldn't make it today, and she teaches kindergarten, and specifically in her classroom. But I've noticed that that I'm sure it's different when the strangers are out of the room and they kind of get to be themselves again. But we have such polite kids that, yeah, like you say, you'll say, "Good morning, Mr. Trey," or even if they don't know me, they're just like, "Hey, hi, sir." You know, uh, a lot of sirs and ma'ams and stuff. I'm I'm always yeah. impressed to see that from little ones yeah it's honestly not different when the other people are out of the classroom they're just polite Hmm. it's a polite community and you know education will take (laughs) you far but being a good person Mm -hmm. will take you even further sure oh I love that very nice so in our next classroom management this is this is part one of a two-part series Uh, we're gonna be talking to some middle school teachers I don't know if prepping the students in third and and maybe definitely in fourth grade is something that you're always focusing on? Is that something, is there some classroom management that you think carries over or prepares them for middle school or maybe some stuff that you're doing that you know they get to middle school and it's like, that ain't going to happen anymore? What do you, what do you think the, the difference is between the two? That's all you, Miss fourth grade teacher. <laughs> I mean, I've only been a fourth grade teacher for one year, but <laughs> I, I'm excited to listen to the next podcast because I do, I, I have like the same question. I don't know if it's, mm-hmm. if it's a lot different, but I mean, I feel like with the fifth graders, cause like our school starts middle school at fifth grade. So right. like my students going up to fifth grade next year, I think everything that I do in my classroom would be suffice just because I think I put a lot of independence on my students. Mm-hmm. And as they get older, you need to start giving them more independence and more independence. So maybe the difference would be in middle school for the classroom management is just the independence that they give them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they would probably use classroom dojo or like, right. it's just like yeah. little like monster creatures. Like maybe they use a different system or they have like, um, a different app or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's more of the independence. And like I said earlier, as they get older, you really have to see what motivates them to do a good job and to do what they're supposed to do in the classroom. That makes sense. Very good. Is there anything classroom management wise that you would want to pass on to new teachers that may be listening to this? I would say don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, the most effective classroom management like ideas I've gotten from was from veteran teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to the person that's next to you. Talk to the person that's across the hall. Don't feel intimidated when you come in like you're supposed to know everything. When you come in your first year, that's exactly how you feel. You feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm just a baby. I don't know anything. All these teachers are so more, more experienced than me. And you kind of like put yourself in this little hole And you don't need to do that because you really just need to branch out and just ask so many questions because I promise you, nobody's going to be like, no, I don't want to answer that question for you because we've all been there there before. Sure. And it's hard. It's very difficult. And I don't think anybody that works in any other profession understands what the first year of teaching is like. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think just ask as many questions as you can. Like if you don't know, just don't assume that what you're doing is like what would be good for that one kid if you're struggling ask people some questions i would like to say i think that that translates to so many careers i I know when i'm hiring somebody when i have a new employee or when i've been a new employee those things that you're like 
I don't get it, but I don't want to look dumb. Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. This will just, yeah. I'll just figure it out. I'm sure. And then yeah. you don't like, you have to, you have to ask questions. And you, you have don't to, look dumb at all. Like, no, you, at all. like everyone has had a first day. Cause we have just looked yeah. back at that. And I just look at my first year and I'm just like, Oh my yeah. gosh. Like if I didn't have Miss Howard or if I didn't have the teachers that I had that year that were veteran teachers to help me, I, I wouldn't have survived. Right. And you can't come in with the mentality that, Oh, I don't know anything. And, I'm not going to ask any questions because I don't want to seem like I'm not right for the job. You mm-hmm. are right for the job, but teaching is like a different job. It's, it yeah. takes you years. I know 10 year teachers that are still like, I'm still learning. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it, you're in education. You're a life, you're a lifelong learner. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason they call it teams. You know, we, you're in there by yourself in front of the kids every day, but you're teaching with a team and it's important to utilize your team. You can't, you can't do it yourself. I totally agree with that. And, you know, everyone's been a first year teacher, you know, they'll understand. Mm -hmm. You got to start from somewhere. And what you think your first year, if you want to start, like start with what you think is right. But eventually, like just coming from experience, it will all change. Right. It'll all change and it'll change for the better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, good. Okay. So now we have the big three questions that we ask every guest. These are the most important. More important than anything we've talked about. To, no, I'm kidding. Forget these classroom were, management. Yeah, classroom, smash room. <laughs> these are um, hard. No, the, these honestly end up being the hard ones because you yeah. guys know what you do every day for classroom management. And you're like, right. I don't this know. This I actually had to think about. Right. So we're going to start with, if TDP were a fictional character or celebrity, who would it be and why? All right. I'll go first. Um, so we all know the magic school bus, right? I'm not going to say Miss Frizzle. I'm going to say the, the bus, like the school bus. Hmm. Um, because the bus has to change to meet the needs of the students on a given day, which is exactly what we do every day as teachers. That's an awesome answer. I was going to say, I can't answer now. (laughs) (laughs) My answer's not good enough. We'll just edit and put yours, uh, first or second. (laughs) We'll we'll figure it out. I said Mickey Mouse. Um, Uh just because I think that TBP really pushes students to their dreams and we're like college bound. We want to push our students as far as they can. We want them to be anything that they want to be. And I just feel that's what Mickey Mouse like has. He just dreams come true. What one thing would you uninvent if you could uninvent something and why? I'm going to go with all those weird uh, Lay's chips brands like um, chicken and waffles, um, hot sauce. What are the other ones? There's one with like pickles in it, isn't it? I like, I like dill pickle Lay's though. Oh, well, then you can't good. uninvent all of them. But when they put like guacamole or some crazy stuff in a chip flavor, I just, I can't. What have these chips ever done to you? <laughs> They're just nasty. Why would you, like chicken and waffles, like eat chicken and waffles. Don't eat chips yeah. that taste like chicken and waffles. <laughs> There's one that's it's like chicken and biscuits or like yes, potatoes. Uh, it's like biscuits and gravy. Bis- that's like. what it is. Biscuits I'm pretty and gravy. sure there's that's loaded so mashed crazy. potatoes. Like it's just off the wall. Enough. Enough with that. Yeah. Potato Fair. chip is fine on its own. <laughs> I got your back there for okay. sure. Um, I would uninvent Fortnite. Oh, oh wow. For obvious Ooh. reasons. <laughs> A stance has been taken. Yes. Okay. Please elaborate. Uh, do I really need to? I think. Oh my gosh. Every teacher understand. that's listening, I'm sure they, they know. Right? It's just, ugh, God, you get a kid talking about Fortnite and they don't stop talking about Fortnite even when you're teaching and like the dab thing it's just I was gonna say like, also, all the dances yeah. are Fortnite it affects, dances don't, uh, it affects get the way in. they talk the way yeah. they walk the way they dance it's just like infiltrated it's like one it. of those trends I just wish was never 
And Never a nine-year-old should not be playing Fortnite. I don't even just, know. There should be like an age. I don't even know what the age. premise of the game is. I just know that it's all we talk about, and I've I've had enough <laughs> fidget spinners. Enough. Remember fidget spinners? Yeah. Ugh, I would unavent those too. You got to pick one. I was going to say clowns Fortnite. too. So there's my second okay. one. Okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that was a rule. Why we're we're off the rails. Okay. Uh, okay. So finally, uh, last but not least, is there any general life advice that you would like to pass on? Uh, to teachers or just people in general that you think is important? My advice would just be to keep going. Um, I have put myself through college. I have had a job since I was 16. And I just think that if you really want what you want, and my dream was to become a teacher, like you have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't think that life gives you any slack. I don't think anybody cuts you any favors. I don't think anything is given to you. Um, I just think that if you want something, you need to go take it and just have the attitude to keep going. Like you don't have it yet, but in five years, you'll have it. If you don't have it yet, in 10 years, you'll have it. Just keep going. Is this a little Dory from Finding Nemo that just yeah, keeps swimming? Just keep swimming. Just, just, keep, just, swimming. just keep going. Okay. <laughs> Cute. I like it. Uh, the best advice I've ever been given is you don't always have to like or agree with everyone, but you do always have to respect everyone. You know, we're not going to like everyone that crosses our path. We're not going to like everyone that we have to work with. Um, we're not even going to like everyone in our family. But you do have to understand that, you know, people are different. And it's so easy to judge someone based on their differences or how they're different from you. But remembering to respect those differences is important. Uh, and that can be like small picture, like, you know, children in a classroom are big picture you know, talking about politics or religion, like just understand that people have different beliefs mm -hmm. and respect it. Okay. Very good. Any other questions or anything you'd like to leave us with? Uh, I hope everybody everything? has a great year and yeah, uses our luck. classroom management. Yeah. Good luck, new Advice. teachers. <laughs> Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to do it for us. I'm, I, for one, am very excited to hear uh, our second episode, part two, about uh, middle school classroom management to kind of see the the comparison and the the contrast between the two of those. So definitely stick around uh, for our part two episode. Ms. Romanski, Ms. Wilkinson from the UN Campus, thank you so much for being here. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah, you guys are great. And so that's a wrap for season two, episode one, Classroom Management Elementary. And Trey, I got to tell you, that was a phenomenal episode. Did, you, did I do okay? No, you did more than you guys were so great. In fact, like what I've learned is that I don't need to be a host on this podcast. Essentially, <laughs> I just need to write the questions and book the guests, and you, you and Manola will just do all the work. Not that's, at all. Um, no, no, we definitely missed you. Um, I was, I was kind of nervous going into that, but it, it felt good. Luckily, we had uh, our, our interviewee guests. Mm -hmm. Our guests were fantastic and, and did yeah. a lot of the heavy lifting for me. They, they were great. And I think the one big takeaway for me when I listened to it was um, they made a distinction between what is what is the difference between class management and behavior management, right. you know, which I think was oh, when I started thinking about this topic, I didn't even think about that. But I'm really glad they they brought up that point along with lots of other good points. So mm -hmm. hope you enjoyed the episode, listeners. Absolutely. And uh, there was also one funny bit, too, where I think you guys had to stop for a break uh, and like there's an airplane flying overhead and they give you feedback on like questions that you should be asking them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just shows like when you book great guests, great things happen. Absolutely. Uh, I think the, the as as good as the guests get and they're getting better and better, um, I think it's just proving that we're going to have to do less and less. Exactly. Which is yeah. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thank you to everyone that's been on the show so far. You guys have all been great and we're looking forward to a great season too. And this is the first episode of a two-part series. So if you want to hear some more 
uh, tips on classroom management from a middle school perspective, definitely stick around to episode two, uh, part two of the classroom management series. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bolt Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Bolt Pod for episode updates or reach out to us at thebolt at trinitybasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more. Um, have you ever had to do kind of a reboot in the middle of the year to refresh these things? And what, how did that go? Actually, uh, hang on one second. Oh. There's an airplane going on. Just want to say hi to everybody up in that airplane. We're not trying to get anything done down here. Don't worry about it. We're good. And it's it wasn't going on while I was talking, was it? It was just like right as I kicked off. Okay, so yeah, just act like I just asked that question. I don't remember the question. I don't remember your question. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I don't like the way I asked. Oh, the reboot. So, yeah, the reboot.